Hello there, and thanks for joining me in the podcast today. We're going to focus today on a topic that is particularly important to people who are elderly, to those that care for the elderly, to those that have older parents, to those that have responsibility for grandparents, for those that have responsibility for those that maybe not quite so old but have disabilities of some type, where they're dependent, where care is needed, where protective care is important and essential and needed, but also where encouragement and where uh, positive strength can come from, usually from family members, parents that care for parents, grandchildren who care for their parents, their uh, older family members. It's those that need help and somebody within the family steps forward to be that helper. On the other hand, there are times when you have to hire people to come in and take care of an elderly person, family member, for various reasons. Sometimes it's very important and very reasonable reasons. Other times there's just nobody there, nobody willing to step forward. No one is uh, thoughtful enough to step forward. So therefore, hired help is necessary. That might be in the form of a home health agency, might be in the form of a home health worker of some type. It might be going to a nursing home, to a board and care home, to a uh, live-in situation of some type, so that the appropriate level of care is provided. Now, if you're in that particular situation where you need help, there are important things to know about and to consider. If you're in a situation where you're providing that kind of, and you're the one looked upon for help, there are definitely certain things that need to be identified and considered and implemented in the care of the elderly person for whom you have responsibility, a loved one of some type, of some level. Well, what are some of the words for care providers? What are some of the advice that we can provide care providers and to make sure care providers are well cared for themselves and can live up to the task that they've been assigned or live up to the task that they've taken on, sometimes voluntarily and sometimes not so voluntarily. Well, here are a couple of very basic things that a care provider needs to understand and to know and to do. First of all, when you take on that responsibility for somebody in the home or wherever it is, make sure that that environment is fall-proof. Fall-proof. You don't want an older person falling to the ground. Hips get broken very easily. Arms and knees get broken very easily. Pain can come into the life of an older person, and it can take a considerable period of time to recover and to heal. So make sure the home is fall-proof. Make sure that the rugs and that the furniture that's in the home or in the environment is sufficiently out of the way of travel so that there will be no tripping or bumping into something that would cause a fall to take place. That's number one. Number two is make sure all the clothing gets transferred from buttons and zippers and pins to Velcro. Velcro is the way to go to put shirts on and to put blouses on and to put pants on and to put shoes on, and so on, to tighten them up through the use of Velcro. Sometimes you can buy clothing and buy shoes and so on that's already with Velcro. Sometimes you just take things that are in the person's wardrobe and start changing it to Velcro. In other words, it makes life easy. That makes life comfortable. That makes the dressing event much more uh, reasonable and quick as well as efficient. So use Velcro. (laughs) may want to buy some stock in Velcro if you use that much of it. Here's another point. Here's number three. Make sure that you know the Heimlich Maneuver. The Heimlich Maneuver is, of course, that maneuver that we use if somebody chokes on food and gets 
something in their lungs or in their esophagus or in their windpipe that blocks the flow of wind or the stops the digestive process. So you come behind the person, put your arms around them, in front of them, tighten your arms tight to the chest, and then yank tightly to your body while pulling upward and do that two times, three times, four times, five times, what it might take to free up or dislodge that piece of food or whatever it is that's pairing the flow of air and the flow of digestion. So you need to know the Heimlich maneuver. And obviously here's another point. It's important to be positive. If you're a caretaker, be positive. Be hopeful, but be realistic. You have to be realistic. You, you're not going to get somebody to be young again. You're not going to get somebody to be able to do things that they once did when they were young. Now, they can still be active. They can still do a lot of different activities and, and, and engagements. But you have to be realistic. But be hopeful and positive and to engage the older person in a life that's meaningful. A life that is positive. A life that is worthwhile. But be realistic. So those are some very quick and easy words for a care provider, a caretaker of somebody who is older. But here's another factor that needs to be taken into account. How do you facilitate independent living? You're taking care of an older person, maybe much more frail or feeble or weak and uh, somewhat disabled. Whatever they're able to do, facilitate them doing it. Don't take somebody's independence away. It's the same way. Don't take somebody's peace away. But don't take somebody's independence away. If they can do it, let them do it. If they can do it, let them learn to do it. If they can do it, help them do it. But engage them in the process so that they don't lose that sense of independence and feel that you're stepping over their independence and taking them for a ride of some kind. Let the older person, no matter how old they are, be as independent as they possibly can. It's independence that we want to encourage, not dependence. You want to reduce dependence and increase independence. That's your job as a care provider. Assess what somebody can do. Let them do it. Encourage them to do it. Motivate them. Push them a little bit to do it so they maintain their independence. Help them make decisions. Help them make choices. Give alternatives. Maybe only give them one, two, or three alternatives, not four or five or six. And let them make those independent choices of what they'd like to do or how they'd like to have things handled or how they want things to be taken care of. Well, here's another point. Friends can make good medicine. Friends often make good medicine. Every older person has a cadre of friends, a collection of friends. Keep the friendships alive. Keep the friendships in the life of the older person. Use the telephone. Use the computer. Use Zoom. Use whatever means you can to keep in contact, to keep in touch people who are older with people who they have known over the years as their friends. Don't let them lose friends, even to the point of helping them make new friends. Bring new people into their life. And if there's a special friend, encourage that relationship. Facilitate that relationship. I think of the book, Tuesday Morning with Maury, where this student of this professor who developed a uh, life-disabling disease came to visit on Tuesdays, and it became Tuesdays with Maury. An hour or two of conversation to encourage and to build mental strength and to build memory and to bring about reflection and so on. Make friends, keep friends, help one enjoy friends. Bring friends into the family Bring friends into the life of the older person 
Whoever those friends are, keep them in contact. The telephone, you know, might be a way to do it as friends often move away. But help them at least have a minute or two or three of social contact. That is encouraging. That is strengthening. That's brain developing. And here's another point. Travel. Travel. No matter how old a person is, no matter how disabled that person is, that person might be able to travel. Help them get into a car and take them around the block. That's travel. Put them in a car and take them out to the countryside. That's travel. Take them up to the mountains. That's travel. Take them to the beach. That's travel. Take them somewhere where they'd like to go, where they've been in the past. That's travel. Let them go to the places where they've lived before. Homes that they've lived in. That's travel. Drive by a home of a friend that they have visited in the past. That's travel. Now, obviously, some older people can travel days and hours and long distances. Others can only travel for minutes or a half hour or an hour. But whatever that is, keep travel. Keep the engagement of the past in the present life of an individual that's older. Let them enjoy their life where they have lived it. Travel to it. Engage them in it. Help them participate in the life that they've lived over the years and places they have been and places they have visited in the past. Bring back good memories by travel. And here's another point. Build a war chest for your older family member or your older loved one. Build a war chest. Put money into a war chest. That might be used for uh, special treatment, healthcare treatment. It might be used for special events that you can bring into the life of a person to enrich their life in some way. Have a fund of money that can be used to enhance the life of the older person. I call that a war chest. Something to protect them. Something to help them become healthy. Help them enjoy a particular event in their life that would bring joy. Help them participate in something that might help their health. A particular treatment plan of some type. To visit some particular doctor that they want to visit or whatever. Take some kind of a vitamin, some kind of a health care food or whatever. You can buy that if that's what they want. Build a little war chest so it can be used for the good of the older person. And here's another point. Help the older person write a journal. Start journaling. If they've done it in the past, pick it up again. If they haven't done it, start it. Start small. Make brief little entries of things that have been done today and will be done tomorrow and so on. But include things that they've done in the past. Have them remember events they did in the past and the approximate date or the approximate location or whatever, whoever was involved in it. And just write a little paragraph about that. Keep a little journal going. Help them remember. That is good memory development. But not only does it help the older person in his memory, but it helps them preserve a legacy for their family, for their loved ones. Now, many people have not written a journal in their life, have not recorded a, a, a sequence of events, a legacy of events, if you will. Many people have not done that. Well, here's the time. Do an interview every day. Ask what they did when they were 29. Ask something from their history of when they were 50 or what they did when they turned 60 or when they turned 65 or when they retired or when they had their first child or when they went on a particular trip or something. Just have them reflect and tell the story and then just record it in a paragraph form so that you build this little legacy, a diary, a journal. And then here's another point. If you're caring for an elderly person, someone who's dependent, build a network of providers, not only health care providers, 
financial providers, legal providers, religious, spiritual providers, healthcare providers, nutritional providers. Bring into the life of an individual those providers that are relevant and are needed by that particular person. Make sure that you have their names and their telephone numbers and have access to those providers as needed and when needed. Build a network of providers. People often have a group of people that they've relied upon and depended upon over the years. Doctors and various people that they've called upon. Who are they? Get their names and their numbers and add it to a list so that if there is a need, you can still contact somebody that has provided care or support or encouragement or help to your loved one once before in times past. And then here's another point. If you're a provider, if you're a caretaker, educate yourself. If you're taking care of somebody with dementia, read about dementia. Educate yourself on dementia. If you're taking care of somebody with Parkinson's disease, read about Parkinson's disease. Become educated about Parkinson's disease. Be an expert on Parkinson's disease. In other words, whatever is involved in the disability or the impairment of that individual you're caring for, study it. Become an expert. Know about it. And then learn about some of the unique aspects of things that you need to know to take care of your particular loved one. Diet factors, exercise factors, body movement factors, sleep patterns, and so on. Know that at history. Know that support that is needed to make sure that that person becomes well cared for. And then obviously take care of yourself. Reshape your own box as a care provider. Make sure that you live fully. Make sure that you have time away. Make sure that you have time for adequate sleep. Make sure that you have time for your friends. Make time that you have, make sure you have time for your enjoyment. Make things come to you that are important to you. Don't let go of them. Don't sacrifice yourself totally for the sake of somebody else. You sacrifice a lot, but maintain as much as you can of the vital part of life that you enjoy and have always enjoyed. So there we are. That's our podcast for the day. Learning to take care of the individual in your life that is dependent and is older and needs assistance. Be a positive caretaker. Do it well, but do it with joy and do it with a sense of satisfaction. Thanks for joining me today and bye for now.